The vaccination rollout is in its eighth month in the United States, and people are living in two very different realities. Some are protected from COVID-19 and its variants. Others remain unvaccinated and vulnerable by choice. I'm Laura Spitalniak. And I'm Luke Garrett. Community health took on a more literal meaning during the pandemic. Your neighbors' behaviors now directly impact your health choices. Because of this, local leaders went from voting on municipal zoning protocols to making life and death decisions. This week, Montgomery County Executive Mark Elrich explains how the pandemic heightened the importance of local government, where his county stands in respect to COVID, and what he sees as the region's most difficult challenges. So, Mark, in some capacity, you have been involved in local Montgomery County politics since the late 80s. In that time, have you ever seen something like the coronavirus? Look, I've never seen anything like the coronavirus. I don't think anybody in America has experienced anything like this. In parts of the world, they get hit by, you know, Ebola and other diseases that never reach quite this proportion. We've never experienced anything like this, not even remotely close. And, you know, I remember people worrying about West Nile virus and other things, but still never anything Mm -hmm. like this. And can you take us back to that moment when elected officials in Montgomery County saw this coming and how did you all react? How did you all kind of take it? We'd seen what was happening on the West Coast and it was concerning. Then we got this notification. We had three cases in Montgomery County. So Mm -hmm. we had not a clue. Nobody in this country had a clue what they were dealing with. I get it. It's kind of tragic that we weren't prepared for it, but we weren't prepared for it. Hospitals didn't have personal protective equipment. They were scrambling around. We were scrambling around for PPE. This was a huge issue for us. But the thing that struck me was the moment we had to make a decision about opening or closing, and you realize this is actually life and death. Mm. You make difficult decisions as a county executive, but by and large, you're not making a decision about life and death. And you know, I took the approach that every door I opened I could open it to a person, but I was also opening it to COVID. My view was to lock the place down as tightly as we could lock it down Mm. to minimize the spread. You know, we got hit first, we got hit heavier. So we were trying to bring those numbers as low as we possibly could, as quickly as we possibly could. Us in Prince George's County comprising the vast majority of cases in the state, Mm. pushing our numbers lower after that. Once I recognized what this was going to mean, and, you know, I talked pretty clearly with Dr. Gales, who was our health officer, I was not confused about his advice. And I was determined that I think I told him, I said, I'm not going to be that doctor standing next to the president, putting her head in your hands while the president was talking. I said, this is not going to be my moment. I am going with what the medical people say. And I told him that I'd never pressure him politically. You just tell me what it is we need to do. We're going to do it. I'll take the flack. You give us guidance that keeps us safe. You highlighted this throughout your answer. In many ways, the response to the pandemic played out locally. You know, COVID testing and vaccines were largely run and distributed by locality. Do you think that this pandemic has highlighted the importance of government at a very localized level? I'd say in the absence of having a functioning federal government, it actually actually (laughs) highlighted the role of local governments because we were on our own. We were out buying ventilators. Things were slower than they should have been. The feds were slow to approve things. It was almost like there wasn't any need for urgency. I can't believe it took that long for them to figure out what tests would work. It wasn't like you were trying to see if something would cure you. You just, you just wanted to see whether a positive person would blow a positive test. Yeah. So that process was way too slow. And, you know, I'd say we had some latitude. The governor's emergency order 
gave counties the ability to do more. Mm-hmm. I'll say this in absolute certainty. The fact that Montgomery County did more than what the governor advised for the state led us to have lower rates. Every time he opened the door, cases spiked. You can go back, take every one of his orders to say, we're relaxing this, relaxing that. And then you just watch a week or two later, the numbers start climbing. And that's why we didn't do it because we knew what was going to happen. As soon as people start going out, the place is going to catch on fire. When he opened Ocean City, you could see the cases spiking on the Eastern Shore. What they didn't do in contact tracing and never discussed was how many people visited the Eastern Shore and brought back COVID to the other counties. That was one of the bits of data that was always kind of missing. But I think we understood what we were dealing with. I appreciated having the flexibility. I wish he'd been a little bit nicer about us having the flexibility. You give it to us and then you're angry when we use it, but I'm really (laughs) happy that we used it. And I think it kept people safer than they otherwise would have been. President Biden set out July 4th as this major milestone for the country and its fight against COVID-19. He said it would mark America's independence from the virus a couple months back. Has that happened? And is that happening in Montgomery County? Wow. I wish people wouldn't put dates out there. Mm. If you guys followed me through any of my press conferences, if you ever saw any of them, people would say, what date are you going to do this? And when are you going to do that? And I would say, I'm not going to give you a date. I said, this is about health. And it's about conditions in the community. Dates aren't a condition in a community. And if I give you a date and I don't do it on that date because the case rates are too high, then I'm going to be criticized for not doing what I promised I would do. So I wouldn't have ever set any date. I would have set targets. I would have talked about the ability to open more, but I would not have put it on a date. You can also mess yourself up by setting goals that you can't achieve. He couldn't control vaccine production. He can't control people's resistance to the vaccine. He can't order everybody to get vaccinated. Maybe he could. Maybe that wouldn't be a bad thing, but they're not going there. So he should take it as far as he can and be happy with what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I will say I'm really worried about this Delta thing. Every time I read something, you know, the who is saying people should go back to wearing masks. And then the most disturbing part is, you know, we have a pretty high percentage of vaccinated people here. The reports of a large number of people who've been vaccinated getting COVID. You know, in England, it was a fairly disturbing number of people, vaccinated people coming down with the Delta variant. They got the Johnson Johnson vaccine. People were saying people probably should get a booster. And we knew boosters were coming. Yeah. But boosters may be necessary sooner than later. And I hope they're able to make this analysis really quickly. I hope they don't dither if they see any kind of indication the vaccinated people are getting COVID. And particularly if it's putting them in a hospital or making them really sick, we cannot afford to go through this again. Going through this once because we didn't know what the outcome was, was one thing. To have to go through this a second time, knowing what the outcome could be, would just be a serious misjudgment. Again, one's got to focus on making the decision based on public health, not on what you think is politically convenient. So I hope that the Biden administration and their health people are paying real close attention to where Delta is going. And that they don't hesitate. I could care less about political optics. I actually would like my friends and neighbors to be alive next year. I would hope they opt on the side of public safety. And I think in Montgomery County, because people took what we said really seriously, I think people do it. Yeah. You mentioned boosters. Obviously, there is a very, very high possibility. I'm reticent to even say possibility because it's a near certainty that people will need to get boosters to re-up their immune response. Do you feel like Montgomery County and our area in general still has the infrastructure in place to distribute those vaccines as vaccination sites are closing because of the high vaccination rate? 
Yeah. You know, we were able to stand up our infrastructure pretty quickly. It didn't just spark into existence the next moment, but we were able to put it together pretty rapidly and we were able to expand it. And now we know, we know we've got the resources. We know we've got community outreach teams. And if we had to mobilize people in the community, we can mobilize. I think we understand the logistics a lot better. God knows we've given a ton of shots here. You've got a hospital and pharmacy network that if the vaccines were available, there's no reason why we couldn't get them out there. I don't question our infrastructure. I just don't want to wait until we're behind the eight ball and the thing is spreading faster than we can contain it. And that's why I'd probably mask up at the first inkling that this thing is going to infect previously vaccinated or previously infected people. I would not wait till we get the cases per 100,000. People say, well, you're down, this is like last August and in mm-hmm. July, like you're down to four cases per 100,000. Why aren't you opening up? And it's like, because I'm getting four cases or five cases per 100,000 every day. Yeah. And that means if I'm getting 50 people a day, those are the ones I'm seeing and somebody is spreading it. Yeah. So I felt pretty strongly and still do that when you get to a number that stabilizes and it's much higher than where we are now, I think really hard about delaying action. The point you get to 10 cases per 100,000, that thing's spreading pretty quickly. You don't need to wait to that. Beyond the Delta variant, are there any other challenges ahead that you think are going to be longstanding issues that Montgomery County is going to have to continue to face, you know, well past this summer? Everybody's going to have to deal with the inequities that we've seen here. And Montgomery County is no no exception to that. Obviously, the African-American community has been hit disproportionately hard by this, and it goes back to their disproportionate lack of access to healthcare, and it goes back to frankly, their racist experiences, God forbid it from offending anybody who doesn't believe talking about history, then you've got the problem of certain leaders or certain groups that insisted this wasn't a problem and it's all a fraud. And I don't know how many dead bodies you have to have before people are convinced it's not a fraud. So I'm concerned about how we deal with the health of these communities in the long term. I mean, everybody is telling us this is not likely to be the last time something like this visits us. So we've got to figure out how we, in a reasonably short period of time, create some kind of equity and access to healthcare in this country, excluding immigrants from healthcare. I mean, what kind of moron would leave people who are vulnerable to becoming sick in your community without protection, knowing that if they're not protected, they're actually going to affect all of us? And we called people essential workers. We treated them like expendable workers. Right? These are the people who were eight hours a day exposed to everybody who came in there. And they not only put themselves at risk, but they put everybody else at risk. And you have people who could not afford not to work. So there are people working sick because they couldn't afford not to work. And if you're working sick, then you're spreading it. If we had had unemployment for everybody so that if you were sick, you could actually go to a doctor and not work and not risk losing your pass it would have spread less. So I would like to see some kind of acceptance of the responsibility to take care of people as human beings more broadly than we demonstrated in this pandemic. On the housing front, I think this ought to be an alarm for everybody that people could lose their housing this easily. We all saw the statistics about what is it, the average American household didn't have $500 Mm -hmm. its name. So if you know that, how the heck do you expect people to withstand the period of unemployment? When the rent is still due, their bills still due, why would you not as a society say, okay, how do we mitigate this so these people don't become casualties of it? 
And I know that's probably too progressive for some people to accept, but the alternative is society where you just reproduce the inequalities over and over and over again. And the losers before lose again. And I prefer to see a more humane approach to things. What do you want people to know beyond just the importance of getting vaccinated? People understanding the kind of decisions we made and why we made them is really important. This was not the easiest political decision to make. And Dr. Gales, I have to say, took an enormous amount of abuse as a black man and as a gay man. I mean, the kind of abuse he took was worse than what I took. And I was just some communist or fascist dictator. People would use those two words in the same sentence. I'm like, wow, (laughs) you guys don't know very much. (laughs) But the level of abuse he took was just alarming. I saw some of the emails he got. So here's somebody who's out there trying to make sure that as many of us survive this making decisions that are based on public health and people don't know a thing about public health were attacking him. He deserves a lot of credit for standing up to it. On CNN this weekend, GOP Congressman Adam Kinzinger slammed fellow representatives who celebrated vaccine hesitancy. I call on Leader McCarthy. I call on every leader in the Republican Party to stand up, say get vaccinated, and to call out these garbage, absolute clown politicians playing on your vaccine fears for their own selfish gain. Chief Medical Advisor to the White House, Anthony Fauci, said he supports a localized COVID-19 vaccine mandate. But I do believe at the local level, there should be more mandates. There really should be. We're talking about life and death situation. Over the past four weeks, 18 states saw a steady rise in COVID-19, driven by spikes in areas of unvaccinated populations. Health experts believe that the Delta variant is behind the rise. Pfizer and BioNTech announced last week that they're developing a vaccine targeting the Delta variant. Soon after, the FDA and CDC said it doesn't believe boosters are necessary yet. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Laura Spitalniak. And me, Luke Garrett. Our cover art was created by cartoonist Audrey Garrett, and our music is courtesy of Lockspeed. Join us next Monday as the world reopens.